This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Hey, buddy! Hey, buddy! We get better and better! We get better and better! We get better and better! NFL Insider, Mike Florio. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio. He's brought to you by Alpamonte Nissan, Alpamonte Nissan, Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Morning, Mike. Oh, great. How are you? We're all fired up because uh, we're enjoying watching the playoffs. We also have uh, a little bit of a defensive coordinator search going on, a little bit, and, uh, and we are always anxious to compare the Bears to the team's in the final four, and I think that uh, it's going to be fun to see Tom Brady in yet another championship game. Tom Brady up in Green Bay. He joked that his uh, blood had thinned uh, being down in Florida, but um, that's an interesting element of this game. You, you know, I, I remember talking to some uh, football people years ago just about the idea of playing in the sub-zero temperatures and all that stuff. And the, the thing that comes across is that, you know, you're as likely to, um, to, to deal with uh, dehydration uh, in cold weather as hot weather, that the body almost responds the same way because you're bundled up and you're really uh, building up a sweat and it's, you know, painful and all that. We know that from being in the Midwest, but you also have to watch uh, your your fluids and all the rest of it. It's really a dangerous type of situation because you're sweating so hard during a game. And I'll tell you, if it was normal circumstances and I were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would get up there a few days early and spend a few days practicing just to get acclimated to what they're going to be facing outdoors on Sunday. They, they, they say it's a mental thing and it it makes me think of the days of bud grant and the vikings with no jackets on the sidelines and they just were mind over matter and remember a few years ago when bud grant came out for that vikings playoff game when it was below zero and he had no jacket on but you know that only takes you so far you need to be ready for it you need to have experience in it it can't be the first time you're dealing with it on game day as you're out there realizing how cold it is. Tom Brady's got the experience. They have other guys on the roster who have played in cold-weather games, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, JPP. They have guys who have been around. And Dominican Sue once was so cold at Lambeau Field that his foot went numb when he, quote-unquote, accidentally stepped on the lower leg of Aaron Rodgers, if you remember that. But uh, it's it's something they got to be ready for. And, and it does help that Tom Brady has been there and done that. But, you know, this game's not going to come down to Tom Brady. It's going to come down to his teammates, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That defense needs to perform like it did in the second half of the game against the Saints when Antoine Winfield ripped the ball out of Jared Cook. That was the moment that the switch flipped for the Buccaneers. That defense needs to show up for four quarters for the Buccaneers to win this game. Mike, based on the information coming out of Kansas City, do you believe that it's a bigger concern that Patrick Mahomes had a concussion or that he had a nerve issue related to the neck injury? Are they, are they one and the same? How do you distinguish between the two, and, and, and how does it affect his availability? Well, and I've seen this narrative that it wasn't a concussion, it was a neck injury, and when you watch the play, there isn't a clean, clear hit to the head like we usually see. Now, 
remember, you can just have your body get jarred and moved in one direction and your head goes the other way. And even if nothing hits your head, your brain bounces off of your skull and you can get a concussion that way. But he ultimately did not pass the protocol. They took him to the locker room and shut him down. So whatever it was, it was diagnosed as a concussion. It resulted in a brain injury. And now the question is, and Brett Favre has some excellent observations on this in an interview with TMZ, where, you know, he says this is a test for the NFL. And pre-2009, it was the team doctors that would give the thumbs up or the thumbs down on a player returning. And, of course, the team doctor has a conflict of interest because he wants to continue to be the team doctor, so he's more likely to give the thumbs up. So they took it out of his hands and put it in the hands of the independent neurologist. Well, bigger picture, if the independent neurologist wants to continue to be an independent neurologist, and the league surely wants Patrick Mahomes to play this weekend, is there a conflict of interest for the independent neurologist? I'm fascinated by all the layers and levels here. And as Favre points out, if Mahomes feels fine for a couple of days and then wakes up with a headache on Friday or Saturday, is he going to say anything to anyone? Who would? Would, would anyone? I wouldn't. So th- 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 this is a real test for the NFL. We've kind of gotten numb to the whole concussion issue, and it rarely affects a big game like this. But, but this is going to be huge whether or not he gets clearance to play because it, it, it is quite likely outcome determinative as to whether or not he plays. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes goes one way. Chad Henney versus Josh Allen goes another way. You know, we kind of talked a little bit um, about the idea of Sean McDermott um, facing off against Andy Reid, and it is a fact of Sean McDermott's life that Andy once fired him as defensive coordinator, and they, they have joked about it, and it's like a running little gag between the two of them. Apparently they've mended fences, but i got to think in the back of your mind, if someone has fired you, you're in a, you don't really believe it helped your career. No, and, and the, the excuse that was given 10 years ago was that that Sean McDermott was languishing in the long shadow of the late Jim Johnson, who had been the defensive coordinator until he died of melanoma. So, you know, it was, it was sold as, you know, this was just an untenable situation for Sean McDermott, so it was time for him to move on. I don't know how you ever forget that, that conversation. And I know you get numb to it and you get a callus over your soul when you have to deal with all of those, those issues of being a coach. And you know you're either going to get fired or you have been fired and you know how to process it. But, but that's got to be somewhere, somehow, in the subconscious of Sean McDermott weighing on this week and maybe getting him to wake up a little early, be a little more focused, push a little harder to have his team ready to go against the Chiefs team that went to Buffalo and won in the regular season. But throw that one out. The Bills are much better now. We'll see what they can do on Sunday. And again, we'll see if if Reed has Mahomes available. But yeah, I, I think that, that we can't downplay that. How many times have we had a conference championship game where one team is coached by a guy who was fired once by the coach of the other team. It's great when you get a wrinkle like that. Mike, five years ago, Brandon Staley was a Division Three defensive coordinator, and this week he was introduced as a new coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but it underscored just how, to some people, and Rod Graves being one of them in his statement this morning with the Fritz Pollard Alliance, how mind-boggling it is that black coaches aren't given similar opportunities despite a lack of experience. And they're more qualified, experienced guys who might have been in, in line in some of these jobs. It's not happening. Why isn't it happening, and how big of a concern is it? Well, 
I think one of the reasons it isn't happening is because the Rooney rule really doesn't do enough to persuade owners to go against whatever their initial impulse is. And this is the guy I want to hire. I want to hire Urban Meyer, period. That's the guy I'm hiring. And, yeah, I'll check the boxes and I'll do the interviews. And uh, I'm still hiring Urban Meyer. I mean, the owners are still going to do what they want to do. And it's not going to change until there is the same kind of litigation risk that the NFL saw 19 years ago when it adopted the Rooney Rule because it adopted the Rooney Rule under threat of a lawsuit. Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Mary were ready to go. Now, I don't know that they had a coach lined up who was willing to trade his career to sue because as a practical matter, that's what you're going to do. Just look at Colin Kaepernick's situation. Once you go against the family, you're, you're cast out of the family. But um, they, they need not just litigation risk, but maybe litigation reality. And this isn't going to be a situation where there'll be some sort of a smoking gun where you get a Donald Sterling type of a tape, although who knows with some of these owners, frankly. This is just the numbers. Just look at the numbers and look at the pipeline. And, and, and the other side of it, too, and Chris Sims and I were talking about this today on PFT Live, at the entry level, what happens? You get children of coaches who get the jobs and the coaches are white so the children are white so they get the entry-level jobs and it's who you know the people who's you know you move in the same circles they get the jobs on the way in. and also the fact that those entry-level jobs don't pay a, a living wage right it, it you better have a pile of money buried somewhere if you're going to go somewhere and grind and grind and grind for peanuts to quote-unquote prove yourself that's how you get your foot in the door so if, if, you know, I could have never done that. If I wanted to go be a coach at age 23, 24, I didn't have anybody backing me financially. So that narrows the universe even farther. So they have a problem on the entry level, and they have a problem at the top as the best candidates find their way to migrate through that system and bubble up, and they're on the tee and they're ready to be hired, and they still can't get hired. Mike, thanks a ton. We appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, thanks Mike.